Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thanks for being a part of the Fearless Army. Drop us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And when you do, ask me a question in the comments. Each week, we'll compile your best questions and answer them on air. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Happy Monday. Awesome show planned for you today. We're going to throw a tiny bit of a curveball. I know the NFL weekend opened up yesterday. But darn it, the the stories coming out of college football just too good to pass up. And so we're going to delay a little bit of our NFL talk until tomorrow, till after I take a look at Aaron Rodgers and Josh Allen tonight on Monday Night Football. And tonight, or today, we're going all in on college football. Fascinating stories involving Mel Tucker uh, and the Michigan State football program. Fascinating stories regarding Deion Sanders and the Colorado Buffaloes moving to 2-0. Fascinating story. Art Browse can't even be on the sidelines at Oklahoma celebrating with his son-in-law and family after the games. We'll we'll get into that. And then there's one other college football story. Oh, yeah, Alabama, the Crimson Tide. Got beat by Texas. Is it over for Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide? So we'll get into all of that, all of those topics with uh, Steve Kim. TJ Moe will join me first as we unpack this whole Mel Tucker controversy. Great show for you. Sit back, relax. Uh, Let's get it started in here. Let's start that fire. There are no good guys or girls in the Mel Tucker saga. None. The rise and fall of the Michigan State football coach is a story about the complicated and disingenuous relationships between brand builders, influencers, billionaires, and institutions. It's a cautionary tale about the social media matrix that will mostly be ignored. Over the weekend, Michigan State University suspended its fourth year head coach without pay, pending the conclusion of a Title IX sexual harassment investigation. Most people expect Tucker to be fired shortly. The investigation is mere formality. Tucker, according to to a USA Today story, acted improperly towards Brenda Tracy, a sexual violence prevention expert he and the school had previously employed to counsel MSU football players. The most serious and embarrassing allegation leveled at Tucker is that he engaged in non-consensual phone sex with Tracy. Tucker admitted to investigators that he masturbated while talking to Tracy on the phone. He claims it was a result of mutual flirting. According to reports, Tucker and Tracy had become friends. They frequently chatted on the phone for as long as 30 minutes. Tucker, who is married, 
acknowledged being romantically interested in Tracy. He says Tracy was looking for a sugar daddy relationship with him. In 2021, Tracy enthusiastically endorsed Tucker as one of the good guys, tweeting out, <clears throat> there's a small group of football coaches that I believe not only care about issues of sexual and domestic violence, but truly want to do the work to make a difference. Mel Tucker is one of those coaches." Mm, end quote. Uh, so what happened? How did flirty friends become mortal enemies? Why would a coach with a $95 million contract jeopardize his future in such a foolish manner? Because everyone involved in this story is a fraud. Mel Tucker, Brenda Tracy, Michigan State, the billionaire boosters, Matt Aishba, and Steve St. Andre, who bankrolled Tucker's payday, the media, all frauds. Let's start with Brenda Tracy. She gallivants around the country pretending to offer unique advice to young men on how to avoid sexual misconduct. She's really just a traveling photo op for coaches seeking to immunize themselves from being accused of harboring a culture of rape. She's Me Too insurance. Like a good neighbor, Brenda Tracy is there for guilt-ridden coaches who want to masquerade as allies to feminists. Tracy accepts speaking engagements, honorary captain status, and a hefty fee in exchange for pictures and social media plugs. She builds brands, her own, and whatever slimy coach or university is willing to pay. She's no different and just as useless as the diversity, equity, and inclusion executives universities employ as racism insurance. When confronted with Tucker's misconduct, Brenda Tracy couldn't find the strength or wisdom to hang up the phone on a married man pleasuring himself a thousand miles away. Stop for a minute, just think about that. This woman is being brought in to set expectations, that's her slogan. She's being brought in to counsel young men. She's strong, she's a survivor. She's gonna come in and teach these young boys how to handle inappropriate behavior. A married man engages her in a 36 minute phone conversation. He's in a hotel room somewhere far away. She's in a 36 minute phone conversation with him and she can't hang up the phone when this guy whips his thing out and starts telling her he's rubbing on it. She can't hang up the phone. But let's bring her on campus and she's gonna teach these young boys how to handle sexual misconduct. She couldn't hang up the phone at midnight. I'm sleep, I mean, she should be sleep. Mel Tucker should be sleep at midnight. I'm in bed every night by 9 p.m. She couldn't hang up the phone, but for $10,000, she'll lecture a football team on how to behave with the opposite sex. It's an awesome scam. Brenda Tracy is a classic fraudulent feminist. She's equal to men until the very moment being inferior and weak benefits her. See, when, just think this through. She's a feminist. She's all about equality. But when it financially benefits her to be weak and inferior, oh God, I just couldn't. 
He's masturbating on the phone and I just couldn't muster the strength. I'm a victim. I couldn't hang up the phone. Oh, it was so traumatizing. Listening to this man on the phone pleasure himself, I froze. I was traumatized. It's 1 a.m. in the morning and I'm listening to a man a thousand miles away tell me he's pulled out his erect penis to pleasure himself. Oh, I just didn't know what to do. Say, she was equal to a man and then in this moment where it benefits her, she's weak and inferior and oh my God, she's a victim. And you know, how dare anyone ask her to hang up the phone? She set a trap for Mel Tucker. She tolerated his flirting and immorality as long as it financially benefited her. But let me be clear here before it sounds like I'm just caping up for Mel Tucker. Mel Tucker is no victim, not even close. At 51 years old, Tucker's the biggest fraud in this whole story. His coaching resume couldn't be any more suspect. He had the good fortune of serving as a graduate assistant for Nick Saban in Michigan State in the late 1990s. The Saban brand opened doors for Tucker throughout football. He bounced from better job to better job, never staying anywhere longer than four years, never accomplishing all that much beyond providing a franchise or university a whiff of diversity, equity, and inclusion. In 2019, he landed a head coaching job at Colorado. He won five games and lost seven. He turned that single season of mediocrity into a $33 million payday at Michigan State, more than doubling his salary. Two years later, after an 11-2 season and riding the wave of Black Lives Matter, he tripled his income. MSU showered Tucker with a 10-year deal worth $95 million. Two boosters, Aishbia and St. Andre, footed the bill. MSU wanted to make a statement about its investment in black coaches, and Matt Aishbia and St. Andre wanted to make a statement about themselves. Out of fear of being labeled racist, the media was reluctant to question the sanity of Michigan State's investment. This guy had a career record of 16 and 14 at the time. He became one of the highest paid football coaches in history. He was 16 and 14 at the time he became one of the highest paid coaches in football history. Five months later, in April of 2022, Tucker was in a hotel room late at night pleasuring himself with uh, Brenda Tracy listening. Seven months after that, the Spartans wrapped up a five and seven season that proved that MSU and Tucker were in over their heads. And here we are today with Michigan State using Brenda Tracy to worm its way out of paying Tucker $95 million. Don't feel sorry for anyone involved. They all deserve this. They're all users looking for shortcuts to reputation enhancement. In the aftermath of the Dr. Larry Nasser child molestation tragedy, Michigan State wanted to use Tucker and Tracy to fix the, fix the school's national reputation. MSU employed Nasser for 18 years and overlooked years of complaints about his predatory behavior with female athletes. 
Tucker used the Black Lives Matter movement to score a huge payday. Brendan Tracy used the Me Too movement to build a career. Aispia used Tucker to paint himself as the perfect person to buy an NBA franchise. He bought the Phoenix Suns. Image is everything in the fraudulent, social media-driven world we've constructed. This cycle gets rinsed, repeated, and rewarded. No one learns anything. That's the story of Mel Tucker. There are no good guys, there are no good girls. Just a bunch of frauds using each other. That's all, it's all about money for all of them. It's all about reputation enhancement. It's all about, I, 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 I sit here and think about Mel Tucker as the leader of men. And, and I, I, this whole, because he's not alone. Jim Harbaugh in Michigan was bringing this woman in all the time, too. All the schools were. Ohio State, everybody, everybody was bringing this woman in to pretend like, oh, yeah, we're showing these young men how to behave themselves and avoid sexual misconduct. As if. You needed some woman to come in and disciple men on how to be men. Think that through. You need a woman to come in and disciple men on how to be men. You're a football coach. You, you've got a bunch of assistant coaches. You got to pay some woman $10,000 to come in and tell some boys, hey, look here, when she says no, that means no. Look here, don't use alcohol and drugs to try to score a set. You need a woman to come in and teach some boys common sense? We're avoiding our responsibility as men and playing this game while they funnel money to all these women and try, oh, look how diverse we are. We have a woman that comes in and talks, talks to our guys. We've got women on our coaching staff. We've got, it's all window dressing. It's all an avoidance of your responsibility as men. Mel Tucker's not the only fraud. He's just the dumbest fraud. And, and I get, that he was set up here and he was preyed upon. But he's the biggest villain of them all. He's the biggest fraud of them all. His contract's fraudulent. His perception is successful is fraudulent. And, and so, and yes, I'm going to go here and piss people off, but I don't care. I just want you to think, this dude is bringing Brenda Tracy on campus to talk to his guys. I want you to think about Deion Sanders bringing Brittany Renner in to talk to his guys at Jackson State. I complained about this in real time. I complained about this in real time. This isn't uh, hindsight being 2020. I'm looking at men 
try to create this perception and all there's always some funny business involved. And I'm just sorry. There's no reason to bring Brittany Renner on your college campus to talk to a bunch of young men. It's we got to take all of these people off these idle pedestals and recognize them for what they are. They're playing a branding game, a reputation enhancement game. None of them are real. None of them are really about that life. They may be well-intentioned, but they're not well-informed and they're not very responsible. It all looks good over social media and everybody capes up and again, Two years ago, Mel Tucker was the greatest coach in the history of college football, and he was the black messiah. We're two games in to Dion at Colorado, and we got the exact same thing going on. And I'm not saying Dion's going to make the exact same mistake as Mel Tucker, but I'm saying pump the brakes. Let's check under the hood. Let's wait more than two games before anointing someone. So <laughs> I, I got plenty more to say, but I'm going to save some of it for my conversation with TJ Mo. I want to take care of uh, <laughs> our purpose, our purpose of this show and our purpose as fearless soldiers. Uh, you guys know I love preborn. You guys know I love talking about preborn. Preborn embraces the mindset. Uh, and exemplifies the mindset we all must adopt, that life begins at conception. Learning how to treat life inside the womb will make you a better person and a better parent and a better ally to a human being outside the womb. We believe that as fearless soldiers. No one supports life better inside the womb than preborn. These guys provide expectant mothers ultrasounds that introduce them to their baby inside the womb, heartbeat, image. When that woman sees that baby, hears that heartbeat, she is more than twice as likely to choose life and avoid abortion. And then that's when preborn really steps up and provides her the support she needs to get through that pregnancy and in the first two years of that child's life. Preborn is awesome. It's just $28 for an ultrasound. Five ultrasounds cost $140. It doesn't matter what you give. Just give, whether it's $5 or $5,000, as fearless men, as men that want to accept the responsibility that God has given us on this earth. Nothing you could do more substantive than supporting preborn and supporting life inside the womb. Two ways to do it. You can hit pound 250, say the keyword baby, or you can give the Jason Whitlock way, preborn.com slash Jason. When you do, please send me an email to let me know you did. It brightens my day. It inspires me. It lets me know that fearless soldiers are hearing this call and adopting this mindset and doing their part in supporting life in the womb and out of the womb. Uh, and then hit me with an email, fearlessblazeshow at gmail.com. Uh, when we come back on the other side of this, uh, TJ Moe's going to join me. and We're going to have a little bit more of a discussion on Mel Tucker. Next. It's my obligation or hate discrimination raising up your hands for freedom. 
asked, um, I am absolutely proud of my, and I know you don't like that word, I'm so proud of my black side and my white side. I'm proud of how I am made. The courage that my parents had in 1970 and 71, coming off the civil rights era, when this, that interracial thing, that, that was a problem within their own families. So what I've gone through is nothing. It's the least I can do is to stand up for both of my parents and say, no, 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 I'm, I'm so blessed to have been born into this family based on what they went through, the courage it took and the strength to stay together. October is 52 years. Are you kidding me? Time for some T.J. Moe, the show me kid. T.J., uh, am I wrong here about Mel Tucker? I, I have no sympathy for him. Uh, I don't think there's any good guys or girls in this situation. Uh, are, you, are you sympathetic towards anyone here? Not particularly sympathetic. Um, you know, I do think Mel's getting railroaded. That seems clear as day to me. Although he, he has demonstrated behavior that is obviously foolish and immoral, but you know that everybody involved here has a reason to get him fired for cause. This woman gets to raise her notoriety. Who knows what happens if she's scorned, if she had a crush on him too. There's all sorts of reasons she would have for doing this. Certainly eight months later or whatever it would be, and not at the time for this to go. The Me Too movement gets another scalp and MSU gets out of an $80 million fully guaranteed contract. So all of the everything is there for why you would want to do this. I mean, look, th this is a coach who they jumped on it. You mentioned the Black Lives Matter when he got his contract, all the stuff that went with it. But this dude is four games over 500 in his career. You know that he's never finished higher than third in his own division. The year that they won 11 and two, they still finished behind Michigan and Ohio State. They have all the reasons in the world to get out of this. And so I think Michigan State has figured out, look, this isn't a good look for us as far as the Larry Nassar thing. We can actually take advantage of it and we'll come out looking like roses. They, anybody with a brain knows that nothing happened here. It was a 36 minute phone call. Anybody could hang up the phone and he didn't actually, again, this is, this is like cheating behavior for a married man. He didn't actually go in and sexually abuse anybody. All she had to do to protect herself was hang up the phone. If we call that sexual abuse, well, I, I can't help you here. And so they get out of this contract while smelling like roses saying, we will never put up with this. We learned our lesson with Larry Nassar and we're going to move on to the next guy and not have to pay this $80 million. <sighs> Railroaded is a very strong word. Railroaded to me means I did nothing wrong. I didn't put myself in this position and I'm just sorry. If I get a 10 year, $95 million contract and I'm the leader of men on a college campus, and again, on a college campus, one of the most liberal places on the planet, there's no way I'm ever going to be masturbating on the phone with a rape counselor. It's just not gonna happen. And so th this is, suicide by 
by, by Mel Tucker. This isn't a railroad. This is someone that committed career suicide. He gave, he handed so. hey, here's a gun. You can shoot me with it anytime you want. It, 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 it's, it's such a level of stupidity. I just can't go with the word railroaded. He, he put himself in harm's way. And, and with the, you, at 51, TJ, now at 32 or 31 your age, maybe you don't understand it, but anytime they give you a huge contract, they're, they're telling you, okay, there's a bullseye on your back. Some, and, and we don't want to shoot you, but there is a bullseye on your back. And if you give us a reason, we'll shoot you. And, and, and for this guy to be on the phone masturbating with and someone they paid to come speak to their kids about sexual conduct, this is suicide. There's no railroad in here. This is just suicide. Still think it's railroaded. Here's why. Now, here's why I'll agree with you. His real sin is stupidity, which, look, stupidity is not a fireable offense most times. I don't think it is in this case because I don't believe that this was not consensual. A 36-minute phone call with somebody that you've had eight other 30-minute phone calls with, and according to him, and I believe him on this, they had been talking about his marriage. They had gotten very personal. They knew a lot of stuff going on. And so I think it was a 36-minute consensual phone sex conversation and she is now turned on him. And so that is not a railroaded in the, in the fact railroaded in my view, my understanding of the definition would be Michigan state wants something and they're going to get that thing. I mean, it's, it comes from the old days of the railroads, right? If we want to put a railroad here, we're going to do that in your yard, whether you like it or not, uh, imminent domain, whatever it takes this is where the railroads going. That is Michigan state was looking for a way to get him out and they found it. Okay, let's let, let, let's say he did. What I'm saying is he laid the tracks for the railroad. <laughs> That's what I'm, and I just don't think you can complain. When you lay the tracks and then you go stretch your, your body across the railroad tracks, what do you think's gonna happen? You laid the railroad, you laid your body across the track, you knew a train was coming eventually, they gave you $100 million, somebody was gonna come get it, and the, the, at 51, I just have no sympathy. I don't. Under, I can't understand how you get in that position. Where, where, here's what I don't believe. Here's where my spidey senses go off, and, and I could be wrong here. But but he's claiming, and she's claiming they never had sex. I find that hard to believe. I, I just can't. I, I, you're having phone sex with someone you've never had sex with, someone you've never seen naked, someone you don't know what they smell like. I, I, I find it hard to believe. And, and so guy, I could man. see him. Yeah, no, married, no, married guy. That's why I'm. That's why I think he's lying about them having sex. He's because again, he's about to get. He's about to get run over by his wife as well. I mean, this guy could end up penniless. I mean, his wife's <laughs> going to get half his money. Uh, Brenda Tracy's going to take a nice little chunk, and he's going to be unhireable. Well, so all, all of that I think is certainly true. What I would say is this is the this is the compromise married guys make so that they can convince themselves that they're not dirtbags. 
he can go in and say, I never touched her. I'm not actually doing it. It's the same thing guys tell themselves when they watch pornography. And so particularly with a, a woman like this, who does have the, the, she was raped when she was 24 years old, gang raped by four people, at least according to her. And so I would be reluctant if I were him. And again, I'm, I'm, you know, so naive in this world that I'm, I'm the wrong person to be giving uh, commentary about this, but I'm just telling you, I wouldn't come within 10 feet of that woman for that reason. But over the phone, you can trick yourself into feeling like this is a safe action. Obviously stupid, right? He's going to cost himself 80, he cost himself $80 million for not being able to control himself when he's horny for 10 minutes. I, you know, I, I don't have a lot of sympathy either. I, I still think he's getting railroaded. The other thing you told me before, somehow you think Michigan State looks halfway decent in this, and, and I think they look like total trash. I, I, please help me understand that. Well, this one seems easy to me. Um, they have their history with Larry Nasser, right? And so because nothing actually happened, and again, if you take five seconds to see and pay attention to this, everyone knows nothing actually happened. There's nothing going on here. But they get to take the moral high ground of saying, we won't even put up with a phone call. Even if it was consensual, this is the same woman who says you need affirmative, ongoing permission, I guess, to ever do it. So she's she's preaching such a weird, unattainable sort of it's like, look, I've, I've dated my wife and never one time did I ask her permission. Right. It's a, you, you, you try things and then sometimes you get rejected and sometimes you don't. That's just how it works in life. And so. Her, her entire premise is weird. Um, and, and I just think Michigan State says, we'll never put up with any of this. We will fire him immediately, no questions asked. Now, they have to go through the process of pretending they care about any of this so that they can actually fire him for cause, and they have Title IX involved. This seems really easy. I think Michigan State gets to come out with their virtue points and not having to pay the contract. There's actually not a better thing that could have happened to them. I think Michigan State looks like fraudulent clowns uh, for rushing into the $95 million contract. Uh, I think that eventually uh, there's going to be some sort of racial backlash for firing Mel Tucker, eventually, particularly if they don't replace him with another black coach. And and I think the interim coach, I think, I'm not a thousand percent, I think he's the DB coach or something, and so the interim coach, I think, is, is going to be a black guy. Uh, I, I just, I don't think Michigan State, went, yeah, they get out from underneath a bad contract and a stupid contract, but, but they look foolish here and will remain a laughing stock and a joke and, and have, tainted, have tainted the position. I, I, you know, people are going to want that job, but... I'm not sure. I, I, I just I, I think they're harmed here as well, at least for, from from my perspective. Where I just all of this, these woke college campuses paying this woman ten thousand dollars to come on and give bad advice and putting coaches in positions where they feel like because this is what colleges have done and the NCAA. They put coaches in position where they feel like, oh, let me hire an outsider to come in and tell these boys the things that it's actually my job to tell them, or it used to be my job to tell them. Now you just uh, farm it all out to other individuals. I I'm just gonna coach X's and O's, and I'll bring in some woman to come here and teach 
young boys, how to be men. What a dereliction in duty. And so I just Michigan State, all the universities that have put all these coaches in this position and have, have put all these barriers between men discipling boys. Everybody looks like a clown to me, TJ. Well, remember, Michigan's in order for anybody to ever believe that you have learned your lesson, you, you need an opportunity to be faced with something similar. And this is like ground level, nothing happened, but still get to pretend there was sexual assault happened here. And now they get to say, see, look, we learned our lesson. That's actually what they're going to present this as. We had Larry Nasser before anything happened. We let Larry Nasser go on for two decades before anything happened here. We got our first report and bam, he was done. Now, the, the weird thing is they didn't suspend him until USA Today put this story out. And I think yes. that's not a good look for Michigan State. So that is going to be a problem. But again, all they were trying to do is let the process go so that they could fire him for cause later. And keep in mind, if, if you want to go coach. I'm Michigan sure Michigan State, State leaked this story, but go ahead. I'm sure they leaked it to USA Today, but go ahead. Yeah, why why let him play two? The, the, the timing's confusing. Why let him play two games and then suspend him? Right, did you just see that the team sucks? I I don't know. No, no, no. You, again, he's two and zero. Oh. They don't want him to get to three and zero. Oh. They don't want him to get to four and zero. Oh. <laughs> they want to get him before there's any pushback or any chance to to say, well, the guys wonder if I. You you don't want your boosters. You want everybody with that foul taste in their mouth from that five and seven <laughs> season a year ago. That's why I think they, they leak it now and it's like, oh, this isn't going to work out. The guy's going to be 5-0 and oh, and we're going to be firing him. But if he's any good, maybe you do want to keep him. And then you actually tell the truth instead of railroading him. That's it, you know. And, and to your point there about There's no the way other, to keep him. There's no I path think, to keeping him. I don't know enough. Uh, the problem is they both deleted all their text messages and so you don't have any evidence. There's no recordings. It's his word against her word, and that's the problem. Uh, if he had any evidence, I actually believe him fully here. I think this woman's a clown. I think she's looking for a payday, didn't get it. According to him, she wanted to be a sugar mama who gets paid for being a girlfriend, and he was like, well, we're not, that's not going to happen. There's a lot of details here. She seems shady. Her entire line of work is shady. This woman wanted to be pay off paid off for being she felt she was entitled because she was a sexual assault victim when she was 24 years old and this is a retribution and so uh, i'm just telling you if, if to keep your job this goes back to your original point it, i don't think it's hard to go take the job at michigan state if all you have to do is not have phone sex with the person who's come in to teach you not to be a sexual assault person I, i'll take that job i think i can handle those boundaries <laughs> Thank you, TJ. Uh, good job, as always. Uh, get your Fearless Army swag at shopblazemedia.com slash fearless. All right, we'll see what the Korean Cosell has to say about this and other things next. black support for you from other black on air personalities for you within ESPN. When you say support, <laughs> I guess it's all relative. I mean, there are, there are people who did not publicly bash who are black versus others who certainly did and still do. So I don't know if that means support just because they didn't bash me. 
I don't know. I'd like to think so. In this era that they consider that support, I, I can't remember any black on-air people at ESPN running out to defend. Oh, to publicly support me? Yes. Zero. What about privately? Just no text, email, uh, hey, if you need someone to talk to or keep your head up. No. All right, welcome back. Let's roll out to Los Angeles, bring in the Korean co-sales, Steve Kim. Steve, you got any sympathy for uh, Mel Tucker or uh, you like me? Clown show. Mel Tucker, what a jerk off. I, I mean, come on, man. <laughs> Come on, man. There's websites out there. I think this is where we miss one nine hundred lines, right? Yeah, they were a buck ninety nine <laughs> per minute, but look at the money he would have saved. And this, this is what this is virtue signaling gone bad. And it got me to thinking when I was preparing for this segment. You know, you gave a lot of heat to Dion for bringing in Brittany Renner about two years ago to Jackson State. You know what? Yeah. I want to give I want to give a tip of the hat to Dion. I think that she's a much more honest person to bring in than Brenda Tracy. At least with Brittany, you may not like the truth, but that is the truth. I think with Brenda Tracy, as you mentioned in your column, you're getting a lot of agendas and a grift and a way for her to basically extort a lot of people in power. Look at the way it's played out. She's just a... Uh... I, and I've already talked about Brittany Renner, and, and I've analogized it to the, the... She's just like a polished, overweight version of Brittany Renner. And, and, and again, this goes to my whole argument, like colleges and universities and the world have put coaches in the position where they feel like, oh, we can't disciple, we can't mold men, we got to bring in women to tell these young boys how to be responsible men, that's a joke. That's a coach's responsibility. You don't need to bring Brittany Renner or Brenda Tracy in to teach young boys how to be men. It's actually your job. Well, again, I don't want to sound like a Dion Homer. Everyone else can do that. But I, I saw a video uh, several months ago in front of the whole team in their meeting room. He brought in all the females that work in the office. He made it very clear. Hey, guys, I'm going to tell you one thing. Any of you mess with these women, you're out. Don't even think about it. It's that simple. It's really that simple. And you're right. But at least with Brittany Renner, she doesn't try to extort men until she's after after she's pregnant. Say what you want. That's much more honest than what Brenda Tracy does. OK, because at least now you're sharing DNA. So now, as Eddie Murphy once said, hop, hop, you son, hop, you mother. Come on. That is a more honest way of doing it. I don't like either one, but one is worse than the other. What do you think is fair here? Obviously, he's going to be fired. Yeah. Uh, but what do you think? It, should, should he? You think? Are you arguing he should keep his job? This is so unfair that the right thing to do would be for him to keep his job. In my view, is this: if his team last year had won another ten games and they were trending upwards in what's going to be an even more competitive conference, he would have been worth the ninety-four or ninety-five million dollars. Now he's not, unfortunately. I think that plays a part. Also. 
this could be an overreaction to the way that institution handled Larry Nassar or Nasser. Okay. But in my view, if Mel Tugger, <laughs> Tugger should be fired for anything, it's stupidity. Again, I'm not making a moral ethical judgment. There's a lot of people in unhappy marriages and they do things that they should not. It's not morally or ethically correct. But as the kids say, if you're going to shoot your shot, don't do it to or don't do it with somebody that you brought in as a former rape victim. Um, as the older kids say, read the room, Mel. That's the wrong person to recruit. And by the way, another thing, fellas, some 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 oh God, I hate to go here. I know it's a family show, but Uncle Korean Cosell wants to tell the young fellas, guys, if a girl ever asks you if you're uh, doing the big M and she caught you in the act, just deny, deny, deny. No good can come out of it. That's what we've learned here. Jeez. Hate to, I, I think <laughs> have to stay. I don't think he, well, I've read the transcript. Maybe he was at, I think he volunteered the information to some degree. I, no, I don't no. get it. I, I, I just don't understand how you could be as stupid as, as Mel Tucker was here. $95 million contract. And, and you think the rape counselors who you need to be flirting with? I mean, it's 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 amazing. It's amazing. I'm gonna go ahead. I'll give. Yeah. You want to wrap it up? My my view is this: with Brenda Tracy, though, she better hit the lotto here, because I guarantee you, there's a lot of coaches that are saying, "Okay, Brenda Tracy, no, we're never bringing her." Grip is now over. That she has to get paid off of this, or her days speaking to major Division One programs, I would think, are over. Who would want to bring her okay, in? Okay, let's. Well, if you're, the, well, there's a lot of female coaches that will bring her in to speak to their kids and to have, because this is the grift and the hustle of the Me Too movement and this whole Black Lives Matter movement. You bring in all these clowns to come in and speak to your kids and they get paid 10, 15,000 bucks and you get to look like, look how open-minded I am, look how diverse, equitable and inclusive I am. And so there, the pity party will continue for Brenda Tracy and, and she will, she, she's brought down a man here. She's a valuable commodity that will be supported by academia and, and the feminists all over these college campuses so she may be done speaking to male football teams, but there's a bunch of other teams on that campus and a bunch of other agendas on these college campuses that she can serve and will be just as valuable for. And, and this is the tinfoil hat conspiracy theorist in me. If I were the two boosters that footed the bill for Mel's contract extension, in order to get out from underneath the 90 million dollar debt what what would i pay brenda tracy to <laughs> to file these charges is that to get out from underneath 90 is it worth spending two million uh or, or you know i bet you she can go speak at uh to the phoenix suns uh you know that that booster now owns <laughs> he, he used mel tucker and the matt aishba used mel tucker to enhance his own resume so that he could become it, he could buy the Phoenix Suns uh, in the NBA. And so I bet you she can come speak to the Phoenix Suns because she's done him a, a big favor. 
Well, just a warning. If you want to let that hen into the rooster den, go ahead. But but do it at your own peril. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> where's Emmy? Where's Emmy Udoka? Where's he coaching at now? He might invite her in. <laughs> Wait a minute. They're trying to patch things up. Her and what's her face? Let let them be. Give them or? a shot. I I read thing. Let 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 because I think she's finding out her free agency. She wasn't exactly a rod in two thousand one. So let let's hope those kids make it. Okay, <laughs> I like to think positive here. She's she's not taking her talents to Denzel Washington or well, to uh, Tyron Lou. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Anyway. Leave them here. Jeez. <laughs> hey, uh, Steve, I want to play you a clip. And I want to, people are already upset with me because I've compared Mel Tucker to Deion Sanders. But I'm actually going to give Deion oh. some praise here. Uh, they go 2-0. They, go they, they beat up Nebraska, particularly in the second half. And Deion actually behaved himself in the postgame press conference. But I've put together a little compilation of clips of Deion week one, old Deion versus new Deion. And, and so I, I want – tell me if we should call this progress or hypocrisy. Let's watch Dion. We're going to continuously be questioned because we do things that have never been done. That's the way our life has presented themselves. We do things that have never been done, and that makes people uncomfortable. When you see a, a confident black man sitting up here talking his talk, walking his walk, coaching 75% African-Americans in the locker room, that's kind of threatening. Oh, they don't like that. But guess what? We're going to consistently do what we do. Because I'm here and ain't going nowhere. And I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. I'm about to get comfortable in a minute. What we accomplished out there today, ain't none of y'all believe that. Maybe a couple of y'all that knew me and know how I get down. They know I, I, I'm a winner. We're going to end up winning. Ain't none of y'all thought you was going to be sitting up here. And you, was, you was supposed to be on the other side. You know, interviewing that or coming and asking me, oh, what happened? You said this and you said that. Yeah? Now what? And now what? Everybody quiet now. Now what? Um, I keep saying more and more young men as well as coaches are relieving. I think we're up to probably 80% now of young men in that locker room as well as staff and support staff truly believing what we're capable of doing. It's not believing in me. It's believing in what we're capable of doing. That was the question I posed um, to the gentleman last week. It wasn't about me. It was about the young man and what we possess. The thing about it, I'm not really talking, thinking about the economical impact. Really, I'm thinking about the social impact. Um, I'm seeing, I'm seeing more African Americans. Um, than I've ever seen before, uh, sprinkling throughout the stands and the stadium and at restaurants and everything, and I, and I absolutely love it. The thing about sports, the thing about um, competition, uh, when Shador's out there doing what he's doing and Travis and Xavier and all those guys, they, they're not black Colorado Buffaloes, they're just Colorado Buffaloes. And we all come together and I think we're, we're bringing people together, we're uniting, and that's the part of it that I adore. I truly do. Uh, is that progress or is that hypocrisy, Steve? No, I think it's evolution. I think the difference is in week one, I, I don't know if he'd ever admit it. He was wondering how good of a team I have. Because uh, unless you've ever seen it actually play in a real game, you don't know what you have. And they were significant underdogs to a team that had played or a program, not the same team, 
that was in the finals of the college football playoffs, and they won, so he's emotional. Week two, that second clip you showed is a man who now expects to win, so he has to act like it. it it's, it's a different measured approach, and I applaud it because I think he's now saying, look, guys, we're serious people. We're not just emotion. We are actually measured and guarded, but we expect to win, and we have high standards. That, Dion, I absolutely love. And I, I don't know if you saw this, but in the locker room right after the post game, the celebration was going on. He brought in an older white lady. I guess it's like the super fan of Colorado football. She's like 90 years old. Really nice old white lady. He had her break it down. And her last words were, bring me my darn theme music. And the, and the place went nuts. So Dion is connecting on every level. He's doing a great job. The one thing that's interesting is people make it sound like Colorado's never had a large contingent of black players, though. That's absolutely untrue. In the mid-'80s, when Bill McCartney built the national title, Jason, they brought in a lot of black players from that were not from Colorado. Most of them were from L.A., like Darian Hagan, J.J. Flanagan, certainly Eric Bieniemy, and from places like Houston with Alfred Williams. They actually were a very – they were kind of like the Miami of the, of the Rocky West mountains. They were, like many other teams. They brought in guys that were not from the local area that didn't look like a lot of other people, and it worked. There's no reason why it can't work in 2023. But we have to give Dion credit. He is acting like a CEO because I think he realizes, you know what, this team's actually good. There's a target on our back. So let's be focused to win the next game because now they play Colorado State, an in-state rival. So I love that approach from Dion. It's improvement. But <laughs> Here we go. I, I'm just going to keep it real. I'm going to keep it real. I would have liked some admittance, some repentance. Oh, from what He... he he tried to act like, you know, y'all misunderstood me last week when I made it all about me and when I played the race card and all that other stuff. Y'all just misconstrued. What I'm really doing is bringing everybody together. I'm not, ma- I'm not racializing this. I'm bringing everybody. It's improvement. He was much more rational, more humble, and all that. Not sure if I completely buy it, and I'm just being honest, and, and I say this, and, and I may end up writing a, a piece about this this week, maybe tomorrow, is, is like, we have this mentality, Steve, in the media, and, and particularly among black media, that there must be black affirming care applied to Deion Sanders. And, and, and I reject that because it's no different than gender affirming care in terms of like everything must be affirmed. And that's what Dion went into that first game post-spring press conference looking to be affirmed. And anybody that didn't affirm him previously, he was going to call out. And, and Steve, when it comes to sports and when it comes to men, Resistance is how you build greatness. It's how you build great men. The Whoever the strength coach is at Colorado, whoever the strength coach is at any university, any sports program, resistance is the key. You don't need to be affirmed. You need resistance in the weight room. You, need, uh, you go to the military. They're going to provide resistance. It's not going to be, let me affirm you. And t-. This is all a feminine approach to sports and to Dion that does not help him. And I'll say this, and people will be pissed at me for saying this, but cut this clip. All you guys out there making YouTube videos, criticizing me and Jason Willard's a sellout, and he's hard on Dion Sanders. 
I want all of you. I'm looking, I'm talking to all of you. If Dion and this thing goes well, give me the credit because I'm the only one putting any pressure on Dion. I'm the only one applying any resistance to Dion. I, Warren Sapp, everybody that's got a problem with me, Warren Sapp, and you know, obviously I, I love Warren. Uh, obviously, but you know, texted me after they went two and zero on Saturday. What you say now? And I said, yeah, you know, it's it's still early. It wasn't an impressive victory. Oh, and he's God. like, oh man, this is personal. This is personal. I'm like, man, this is not personal. I actually, I'm telling you, I want Dion to be successful, and that's why I'm going to continue to stay on his rear end and try to whip him into shape and into a mentality that works over the long haul because everybody that's affirming everything that he's doing eventually is going to destroy him and we could be looking at Mel Tucker 2.0 because we haven't applied the proper pressure and resistance on Dion. Pressure makes diamonds. Dion needs some, he's gonna get it from me. Well, again, if we're gonna give him scrutiny, that means he's getting equal treatment. Like Nick Saban's taking a lot of heat. He has rings on his fingers. He's got brass or gold knuckles with all the championships. Guess what? He's taking heat now. Uh, a lot of this has to do with, I'm going to repeat myself from last week, the reason why a lot of the white media, which is the mainstream media, they make up the majority, do not want to be critical to the degree that you are because they don't have that license because they are afraid, number one. And number two, they want access. And number three, they don't want to become the next Ed Werder. And they do not want the social media pressure. Uh, as for old Warren, Warren, they beat a terrible Nebraska team. They went 2-0. In the immortal words of Dennis Green, uh, to paraphrase, let's not crown them. They are not who we thought they were, and Matt Rule has a quarterback problem because he took the wrong guy out of the portal. But you want to talk about affirming? Jason, I'll admit it. I didn't know Shadur Sanders was that good. I thought he was okay. I thought he was going to be a mid-level Pac-12 quarterback in a conference that has the best level of quarterback play this year by far, in my view. Shadur has a real pop in his arm, and he's incredibly accurate. It's not just him throwing jet and bubble screens or shuttle screens and, and racking up what I call empty calories. He's making NFL throws in pockets and windows, and I'm like, you know what? He's actually really good. If you want to affirm somebody, I think his draft status has been affirmed. That guy's a legitimate player. He's not just beating up on soft, undermanned swack defenses. Steve, I think you make an excellent point because that was my takeaway from Saturday's game. One guy has proved something to me, Shador Sanders. Like He can play. Uh, he, he has proven something to me. It'll be interesting to see because, again, it's a marathon. And, and, and just think about when I think Mel Tucker in that year or two at Michigan State started out 8-0 and and they finished 11-2 and and he was God's gift to coaching. It's a marathon. And so what I'm seeing from Shadur is like, wow, this kid can play. Can he sustain it? Yeah. What happens when adversity hits? If anybody that watched that Nebraska game honestly and objectively, if Nebraska had gotten up 6-0, to zero, just two field goals, that whole game could have gone a different way. That, 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 
Colorado's swagger, confidence, cockiness, all that could have evaporated, and we could have seen a different behavior from them and a different style of play from them. And so I want to see what happens when some real adversity hits, because they haven't had it yet, because to me, and, and I, I, you know, I, I want to be careful, I want to be fair to Jeff Sims, and, and you know, he, but I, I've never seen one player completely take a team out of the game the way Jeff Sims did. And it it, it, it was so egregious, I, I was like, hey, what's going on here? And and, and I'll just I'll leave it at that. I, I, I was just what is going on here? This doesn't seem possible. Did you have some headaches, Devin Smith? Uh things going through your mind. I remember Arizona State, he kind of was playing for both teams. Uh one of them that went yeah. to Vegas. Yeah, I, I mean, look, Jeff Sims, Tommy Frazier, he was not. He was not. But you, you use the word adversity, and it's going to hit Colorado because, look, they're not ready to play for a national title. Let's keep this in mind. Already Deion Sanders has doubled the win total from Colorado from last year. So that's a good season. They're better than I thought because they're more cohesive. But, again, they have not had the injury bug yet. And they're going to get some parts, but they've put together a really good set of skill position players besides Hunter, like Dylan Edwards, that little running back. He's a good player regardless of where he plays. But, Jason, I do want to see, and I'm curious, when Colorado has that first loss or that first patch of real tough games where they don't win for a couple of weeks, how will Dion handle the media then? To me, that's when we're going to see the growth because they say that character is really revealed through adversity. Everyone's good when they win. Let's see what happens when you hit a rough patch of games. Steve, I'll just let's pump the brakes on everything we're seeing and and let's add some perspective because here's what everybody's missing. And, And I get this black affirming care that we're trying to provide. If we just love Dion more, he'll do even better. That doesn't work with men. That's a female woman's mentality. Oh, just affirm, affirm. That's not how you do men. You don't affirm. You provide them resistance and pressure. Here's my my thing with Dion, some perspective, because people are going to say, oh, this is the greatest turnaround we've ever seen. They've already won twice as many games they did last year. And oh, my God, he's the great turnaround coach. Steve, no coach at the professional level or collegiate level has had the opportunity that Dion, this coach at Texas State, any of these coaches are doing where you can totally overturn your entire roster. You think when Bo Schembechler showed up at Michigan, he could just, hey, you know, the previous coaching staff, we're going to bring 85 new players in here. No, in the NFL, in the NFL, there's contracts that, that you're wow. beholden to. When Bill Snyder showed up at Kansas State, there are commitments that the school had made to kids that, that, that they were beholden to. Now in this new transfer portal era and with, D, and with commitments being just out the window, he got he's not coaching Again, turnaround coach Bill Snyder came in and coached the kids that he inherited better than the guy previous to him. When an NFL guy goes over and takes over a team, he coaches 
the, the players that he inherited better than the guy that he, that, that, that he just replaced. That's not what's going on here. This yeah. is a total new – it's a total new team. Hold on. You are turning me in to Stephen Sharp. Oh, my God. I can't believe this. Uh, Jason, how do you think Lincoln Riley turned around SC? He did the same thing, and he had a pretty important guy. Yeah, no, Caleb. no, no, no. This is a new era. This is a new era. Right. I'm just talking about when you start comparing to, like, this is the greatest turnaround. I'm like, hold on, Bill Snyder, Nick Saban going to Michigan State, any of these any of these guys from the previous era. This is the new thing in the last two or three years, Steve. The game is the game, and you play by the rules. Mario Cristobal, he turned it over this year, 41 new players. By, by the way, great job at Cristobal, big win. But anyway – you're right. It is different because when Bo Schembechler got to Michigan and they were down, yeah. he put up a sign that has become the unofficial slogan for that program. Those who stay will be champions. Now, the new slogan is a hashtag, GTFOH. You know what that means. So when a new <laughs> yes. coach down, yes. GTFOH, we got Louie coming. So, But again, the game is the game. If Dion is playing within the same parameters and rules as everybody else, I cannot criticize that. He's not the only guy to do it. I'm not, not. I'm not criticizing. I'm providing perspective to all the people that are saying that there were people last week and they repeated again. Oh, Dion should NFL team should be going after Dion. You don't get to overturn your entire roster in the NFL. There are contracts yeah. to respect. You, you, there, there are seriously, you, you may get to overturn 20% of your roster, 15% of your roster, but you don't get to overturn the entire roster in the NFL. Say, I'm just, all I'm telling you is I'm not sure what we're seeing. No, oh. what we're seeing, I'm, I'm just not sure what we're seeing, and I don't think people have the proper mindset to evaluate what we're seeing. Well, well, Coach Prime, I think, has made statements. I want to mentor and guide young men. I don't think he wants to coach grown men because he understands it is a dynamic. I'm, I, I would bet that this version of Dion would not really want to coach the prime time of 94-95. He would even say, you know what, that would have been a tough sell. It would have been a tough ask. It would have been a very difficult to impossible task. But he believes that, you know what, I can mentor young men that are wayward. So the, the full Dion or full coach prime legacy and story is not going to be told even next year or the year after or five years. How about 10 to 15 years from now? Let's see what he really produced in terms of men, not just NFL players, but men in society that end up with their last snap being at whatever college he's at at age 21, 22. So let's let this lay out and let's see how this develops. Steve, I want to, uh, Move on, because I'm already in enough trouble now, having provided yeah, just some perspective. Me down I, look, and, and I just, I, you know what? I want to repeat this, just so everybody in the back can hear it. The reason why I'm going to ride Dion is because no one else will, and I actually want to see him succeed. None of the rest of you do. You just want to affirm and ride the bandwagon and make sure you get access and make sure he smiles when he sees you. I actually want to see him succeed. And you know how how men succeed with pressure, with resistance, not with butt kissing and affirmation. Come out of that feminine matriarchal mindset. Now, let me move on to uh, Oklahoma and and something that really irritated me. Uh, (laughs) Art Browse, the former Baylor coach. And, and 
<laughs> is the father-in-law of Oklahoma's offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy. He's the father-in-law. After the game, Art Browse goes down on the field with the rest of his family to celebrate with his son-in-law. So because of the stupidity of Twitter and the media being led around the nose by Twitter, somehow this is controversial that Art Browse, who got run out unfairly, you talk about someone who got railroaded, got run out unfairly at Baylor over, and again, I, I've, I've reported in detail on this. We had Art Browse on this show a year ago where we unpacked all of this stuff with Art Browse and how unfair it was at, at Baylor. Art Browse's real crime at Baylor was basically sticking up for black players, but, but the media will never tell you that. It, it, you know, this whole thing of, he excused rape and he covered up. It's all bogus, it's all a lie, it's all a false narrative. Regardless, let's say all of it was true. The man can go to a football game and celebrate with his son-in-law on the field after the game, but they turned it into a big deal, started asking Jeff Levy and Brent Venables about it. Let's see, let's watch the clip of Jeff Levy explaining why. Did you, did you, did you, have, did you reach out to Art Files and invite him onto the sideline tonight? That's my father-in-law. That's, yeah, so he's my father-in-law. That's a grandfather to my two kids. So he was down with our entire family after the game, well after the game, but he was down there and with the entire family. I think there's going to be people that have trouble squaring that a little bit because of his... Yeah, well, that, again, he's with his entire family. That's my father-in-law. That's a grandfather to my two kids. Oh, uh-uh-uh. Mm. Steve, what, what is this? What, what, what is this? This is crazy to me. I mean... The man, the man can't be with his family after a game? I feel so bad for Jeff Levy, who's a good football coach. He actually handled that better than I think I would have because I would have said, that's a relative. That's my grandfather. If you have a problem, it's your problem. And next question. But he can't because he's representing Oklahoma, and I think he understands the temperature of society. But this is why there is no longer a distrust of mainstream media, Jason. It's gone beyond that. There is a contempt. There is a contempt of it, and for good reason. If you were curious, I would have asked off the record, like, hey, Jeff, what happened with Browse? And as soon as he said, well, that's my grandfather or father-in-law, excuse me, I would have said, okay, that's good. That's it. But this whole lifetime persecution of anybody, I mean, think about the hypocrisy of, of this, Jason. Many times there are celebrities that are invited on that have criminal backgrounds. Uh, let's say a certain hottest rapper that has like three bodies on his record and has rapped about it and then comes out of jail 15 years later, and an athlete brings them onto the court and floor. You know, it's funny. They don't question why that guy is on the court side. See, they don't. But Art Bryles, who's there with his grandkids or, or, or blood relatives, is questioned. Think about the double standards of that. And I'll say this again. This is a Kimism 101. The standards and expectations you have for people, that's what you think of them. And I, I just find this to be completely unfair. It's a total gotcha moment. Talk about the doggone game. Art Bryles, if, you, if that guy would have never brought that up, Jason, whoever that scumbag is, no one would have even known Art Bryles was even in the building. Certainly no one would care that he was in the building because what I would love to know is, 
and I've argued with some people over Twitter. I, I would love to know is like, okay, Art Browse is on the field after the game. What's the downside? What, what do the do the Oklahoma football players see him and go, hmm, I'm gonna rape someone tonight. I wouldn't have done that if Art Browse wasn't on the field. What 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 happens? And so the, the guy that was asking that question is a longtime media member in Oklahoma. He knew exactly what he's doing. He knows that Art Browse is Jeff Levy's uh, father-in-law. The guy's just fishing for Twitter clickbait and Twitter controversy. And the fact that all the media plays along and pretends like, I saw a headline on ESPN, Brent Venables was asked about it, and he's gonna have to deal with it. This is a non-issue that gets turned into an issue, and it just speaks to this whole anti-family agenda that comes from the media. They're so far left, they can't even understand like, hey man, I understand that my father-in-law was involved in controversy, but he's still my father-in-law. And he gets to come to games, and, and he gets to celebrate with me after the game. It, didn't, it does no one any harm, and your line of questioning and turning this controversy does no one any good, other than, hey, uh, Art Browse can never be on the sidelines. I, I wonder if Joe Mixon is on the sideline at a game this year. Will there be compa- complaints? Joe Mixon cold-cocked a woman, knocked her out, broke her jawbone, but NFL running back, he can be on the field. He's a former Oklahoma football great. He can play on the field. He can be on the field. He can do anything. But Art Browse, after the game, that's the bridge too far. He's bespurts. And and I've known Joe Castiglione since he was – that's the athletic director at – Joe Castiglione, the the athletic director at Oklahoma. He used to be the athletic director at Mizzou. I like Joe Castiglione. I get that they have to play a PR game, but no way am I. And again, this is what social media does. Joe Castiglione's a good guy, but he had to throw Art Browse and Jeff Levy under a bus to protect himself. Twitter and social media are the bane of society. They provoke uh, insincere non-forgiveness, non-gratitude. It, it, it just, it's the, it's the root of all wickedness and evilness in the media. It drives me crazy. Yeah, I, I, I feel so bad. And I know a, a, a figure like Levy cannot say it, but I wish when the guy had the follow-up question, well, you know, certain people can have uh, problems. I wish he just would have said, yeah, and... Because uh, there's such an agenda that is dishonest with what that guy did. But I, this is, again, why people do not trust or like the media. And uh, Art Bryles, look, I don't think he was perfect in anything. He'll even tell you we're all flawed human beings. But if we have gotten to the point where accusations can now get you barred for going into public spaces and spending them with your family – and he wasn't out there waving a big sign that says, hello, I'm Art Bryles. There's something about that that reeks of a witch hunt. You'd almost think he was out on the field passing around roofies and condoms. Yeah. Hey, guys, have a good time tonight. Here's some roofies. Here's some condoms. Have, have at it, fellas. It's, well, I have a question. Would this writer have a question? All right, so everything that's happened that we talked about with Mel Tucker and Brenda Tracy. All right, so we know we know it's, it's out there. This is now a national story. So in two months from now, Brenda Tracy just sauntered up the OU sideline 
Would that same writer then have the guts to say, hey, uh, Coach, uh, Coach Venables, I have a question. Uh, what was Venda Tracy doing on your sidelines? He wouldn't. He wouldn't. Because, you know, again, standards, double standards, no standard. Well, he would probably think Brenda Tracy was there to prevent Help sexual misconduct. No. So no. Yeah, he, he, he'd spin that as a positive. The, the real question is, if Mel Tucker were on the sidelines, would he raise that question? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. Seriously. Because Mel, he's accused of the misconduct. But but again, he's black, so right. he, you oh, know, you he can be forgiven. He no, can be can't. forgiven. You know, I'm very consistent on all this stuff. As a rela- love, Michael Vick returning to the NFL, argued that Greg Hardy should be allowed to play in the NFL. Uh, there's Michael Irvin, who I, I'm for all these guys. Second, third, fourth, fifth chances. Right. I've needed all of mine. I, I, this lack of forgiveness, lack of these guys love to talk about empathy, but they pick and choose who they can give it to. And Steve, I know it's not personal for you, but Art Browse is a believer and a Christian, and <clears throat> that's what's under attack here. It's no different than I don't. And I don't. I don't want to drag you down this path, but it's like Coco Golf wins the U.S. Open. Right. She drops to her knees in prayer, and ESPN. And it's clear as day. She drops. She's a. a Public Christian, she drops to her knees in prayers. ESPN tweets out that she's soaking it all in. And instead of kneeling in prayer, and Tony Dungy and other people called him out on it, and deservedly so, that's how hostile corporate media is to religious faith. It's constantly under attack. And I, you know, I get this is me claiming my victim status. But Jason, I, I, I'm just going to make this statement. You may agree or disagree. If Coco Goff would have twerked, ESPN was said, man, look at her expressing herself. That's great. They would have glamorized it. They would have glorified it. <laughs> no, seriously. If she would have done, yeah. done talking like she worked at the afternoon shift at the Cinnamon Club or whatever, oh, that, that thing would have been the greatest thing for ESPN. Because, again, maybe that's what they expect. Maybe that's what they expect. Uh, uh, finally, Steve, uh, Alabama looked like dog doo-doo, uh, particularly at the quarterback position. Uh, <laughs> at the quarter against Texas. Uh, is it over for Nick Saban? Has, I'm sure there's going to be some hot takes that Saban can't handle the transfer portal era and the dynasty's over. He and Dabo Sweeney are on the back nine. Jason, I will give myself a little credit. I actually said before the year that Alabama and Ohio State for the first time in about eight or nine years, do not is not going to have elite quarterback play. I tweeted that out back in July. Jalen Milrose, to me, is very, very underdeveloped as a mid-range passer. He's pretty good on the deep stuff where you're just chucking it 50 yards deep. They have an issue, though. I, I don't know if Tommy Reese is, is an elite coordinator. I know a lot of people in football questioned it. And I have to give Steve Sarkeesian credit, though. He did not coach scared, and he consistently hit downfield shots, and he dialed them up. And that's one of the keys to beating Alabama. You cannot dink or dunk against them. You have to challenge them vertically, and they had all the weapons. And that's a big win for Sarkeesian. As it relates to Saban, Jason, go back to last year. Not only did they lose two games, and you can argue, well, they're at the last play of the game. They played about three or four other one-possession games, and it was probably the least disciplined Bama squad I had ever seen. A lot of procedure penalties, a lot of motion penalties, a lot of things I do not expect from a Nick Saban ball club. And they also do not have that elite talent outside. Keep this in mind, Jason. Their last two great offensive players 
that were not quarterbacks, Jamison Williams and then Jameer Gibbs, transfer portal guys. So their evaluations have also not been as good recently when you have to go out there and do that thing that they say Saban hates. This is a program that is in transition. Now, do I still think they have a chance to win 10 or 11 games? Yes, they do. But did I see a national championship caliber club or one that will make the playoffs? No, I didn't. But keep this in mind. We're only in week two. A lot of things can still happen. Steve, I know you didn't get a chance to see this game, but I I just want your thoughts on the officiating that went on in Athens, Georgia this weekend that really took Ball State out of that game. Uh, And I just just wanted your – it was ridiculously one-sided. I don't know what Kirby Smart paid those officials, uh, but I'm, I'm not very high on Georgia. Uh, Georgia, yeah, SEC officials. Yeah, they, they seem to have an interesting <laughs> way of doing things. Trust me, that, that game in Miami was very questionable. But uh, Georgia's an interesting team, Jason. I'm going to say something that's going to surprise I was joking, you. Steve. I didn't want a serious opinion. I know, but... I, was, I wanted you to crack jokes on my Cardinals. No, look, Ball State is a good club and it's one of those things where every one of those ball state players that can now say we got smashed by georgia between the hedges but on georgia real quick i think there's going to be a game or two they're going to miss stetson bennett he gave them an element that carson beck for as talented as he is does not have that's legs i don't know if georgia is going to be cakewalking to 11 and 0 going into tennessee as most think trust me on this one i get lucky once in a while Thank you, Steve. Great job as always. Uh, We'll play tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow. Waiting for the countdown, coming off the breakdown, standing in line for freedom. Looking for a breakout, feeling like a standoff, nothing in life like freedom. Came like a fighter, striking like a ladder, making all this moves for freedom. I want freedom. No negotiation, my system, no relation, we all just want to have freedom. Sitting on the corner, never been alone, I'm breaking my back for freedom. Bless, we are living, get back, we are receiving all the seed when we all want to be free. We want freedom I just want, I wanna be I just want, I wanna be